Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, and welcome to Therapy Get You Some, where we talk about all things therapy, normalize mental health, and promote healing for black people. I'm your host, Candy Sarapro, a licensed clinical social worker and black therapist. Through conversations and revealing insider secrets, we hope to demystify therapy so that you feel comfortable going to get you some. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Therapy Get You Some. I'm your host, Candice. This is part one of a two-part series dedicated to giving space to members of the LGBTQ community. Before we begin, please subscribe so you don't miss part two. It's going to be a good one. Also, follow me on Instagram at TherapyGYS. You can also email me if you have topics you would like me to cover or just have something you want to tell me at therapygys at gmail.com. Before we begin, let me tell you a little story. It's kind of like the backstory to this episode, and it starts in the late 80s. Growing up as a child, I watched my mom and the way she navigated the world. And, you know, of course, it's my mom, so I'm biased, but... Anybody who knew my mom when she was alive will tell you the same thing I'm telling you. She was the most open person who allowed people to just be themselves without fear of judgment that you have ever met. Uh, So back in the late 80s, my mom was a hairdresser. And in that community, back then and, and even now, there was a larger population of LGBTQ plus people. So one year for Christmas, Uh, My mom found out some of her colleagues did not have somewhere to go for Christmas. Uh, There were many reasons for each one of them on why they didn't have family that they could go to. Uh, But a lot of it is because of, you know, in our community, especially during that time period, we ostracized and alienated people in that community. Well, my mom was not having that. She invited them all over to our house for Christmas. So again, as a younger person, Without being said, you know, what is an ally, I got to see what an ally was. My mom used her privilege to give them space and comfort. And I know that made a difference to them to feel included in part of the family. Sadly, um, one of the people who joined us that year for Christmas passed away shortly after from AIDS. And so putting it in context that even now that's a big deal, but putting it in context, this was at the height of the AIDS epidemic and at the height of the fear mongering that America's did related to AIDS. And so to have someone come to your home um, who was not only AIDS positive, but you know, also having multiple people at your home who were in that community, 
that was that was unheard of at the time. And I'm not telling this story so that, you know, you say, oh, wow, your mom did something or she was a saint. It, it really wasn't that. It was really more of she led by example, which is kind of how I'm doing the work that I'm doing today. But one of the things I said as far as being an ally is you give the space, but then you don't center yourself. So that story was just more to um, to say how long that this has been part of my journey, but I don't want to center myself too much. So let's move on. What is an ally? An ally is a person who advocates on behalf of the inclusion of marginalized people. It's an action verb. It's an action word. It's a person who uses their privilege to leverage space opportunities for those who would not have that space and opportunity. Um, they, uh, uh, it's a person who has made a commitment to fight, fighting social injustice. It is a person who is committed to reducing harm to others, uh, but it is an, it's an action verb. And so, you know, not that you need any argument on why should you be an ally, but one of the reasons is because we know based on statistics, and I'm going to give you some of those statistics that black people who identify as LGBTQIA are directly harmed and their mental health is adversely affected because of some of these social injustices. And so I'm going to just, again, I'm going to straight read the statistics. I don't want you to think I memorized them, but I'm going to read them. So 44% of black youth who are LGBTQ plus have seriously considered suicide. 53% of LGBTQ um, youth have reported symptoms consistent with generalized anxiety disorder and depression. And that number goes to 70% when uh, the person identifies as trans or gender nonconforming. 64% of black trans youth report that they have done things to harm themselves, right? So these numbers are shockingly high. Well, not shockingly high, they're high, um, but the numbers reduced by 50% when LGBTQ plus youth have a space that is affirming. And so when you think, oh, okay, well, this is a mental health podcast. Why is she talking about becoming an ally? It's because we as mental health clinicians are uniquely positioned to make a difference. We have the ears and the hearts of others. Uh, we understand the problem in a way that other people may or may not understand it. And we are the appropriate people to lead by example for allyship. The other reason why, why would I talk about this on a mental health podcast is because many people who have mental health issues um, related to the societal effect of being LGBTQ plus. So sometimes, you know, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of debate? You know, is it that 70% of people who identify with trans have anxiety or depression? Or is it that society is causing people who identify as trans to experience such negativity that they, in turn, develop anxiety and depression? I tend to think it's the latter without having statistics and research to back it up which is why I think being an ally is so important because as allies, we can help reduce that number simply by just using our privilege. 
to help reduce the burden on others. Now, sometimes you'll say, and especially as, as black people, do we have privilege? There's so many different privileges, so the answer is always going to be yes. Now, as far as, you know, do we have white privilege? No, we don't have that type of privilege. But as a, a cisgender heterosexual female, I have privilege. I have so much privilege that I had the privilege of not knowing what cisgender was for many, many years because I didn't have to know what it meant because that just means that the gender I was assigned at birth, I align with. I don't have to go and do the work to, to know this stuff. That's privilege. The privilege of, you know, I hear people say, you know, LGBTQ plus and not know what all the letters mean. That's privilege because you don't have to think about all those letters. You don't have to think about it. And I talk about this on other podcasts. Is this a safe space for me regarding my sexuality? So that's privilege. And I can use my privilege to help others. So that's why we're talking about becoming an ally. So when you think about ally, I want you to think about the letters ally. And this acronym is really helpful for me. And I found it that I've told it to others and it's been helpful for them as well. So ally, A-L-L-Y, A, always center on the person impacted, meaning that the people who are affected by the cause, they need to be the center of the conversation. At any point that you find yourself telling people, well, you know, I'm an ally, uh, you're taking the, the center off of them and putting it on you. So this work is not for, for you to get any kind of accolades. You'll get lots of accolades from other things you do, but being an ally is not one of the things. If you find that people are saying, oh, you're so great, that's so wonderful of you, you need to shift the conversation to say, no, I'm not doing anything special. I'm doing what is minimum needed to be done, all right? So always kind of push the impact because it's so much harder being LGBTQIA and Black than it is saying, I'm going to use my privilege to help a person who is LGBTQ+. Uh, that's simple. That's simple. I'm in the room. I look around. I see you're not in the room. I bring you in the room. Doesn't really cost me very much. It wasn't very hard. It didn't cause me to overextend myself. So always center on the impacted. L, listen and learn from the oppressed. So the people who are oppressed are the best people to talk about the issue. If they are able to, if they're in the room, if they're up to it, they should always be the people talking. So it's the two ears, one mouth theory. I'm gonna say, hey, listen up. Then I'm gonna be quiet. And I'm going to use my two ears to listen. And then I'm going to learn. And if there is a time when I'm called to speak on behalf of the group that I'm aligned with, and that would only be because nobody in the room identifies, I'm going to use the information that I learned. But then I'm also going to bring somebody in the room. That's so important to say, okay, I'm speaking up because I'm the only one in here who has the information, but I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert. I'm going to encourage you to bring an expert in. The next L, leverage your privilege. Always be aware of your privilege, whatever it is. You know, again, it could be small. Sometimes you say, I don't have very much privilege, but I have the privilege of being in the room and I have the privilege of having the space. So I'm going to leverage the privilege. Uh, and then why? Yield the floor. Once I have leveraged the privilege, I'm going to give the space to the people who it is their issue, and I'm gonna step back. 
So we say um, there's a saying, stand up and then step back. So I'm going to stand up. I'm going to get everybody's attention. I'm going to say, listen, listen, listen. Hey, 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 hey. Y'all all need to be paying attention. Two, and then I'm going to give the floor to the person who has the information of what we need to all be paying attention to. So it's the stand up, step back. To be an ally, I always say it's the simplest, easiest, hardest thing you have to do. And the reason why it's simple, easy, and hard at the same time is it doesn't ask you to do very much, but it asks you to do everything. What do you mean when you say it doesn't ask me to do much and it asks me to do everything? It asks me to do so much soul searching. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's hard even, as I said, like as a Black woman, um, it's hard to say, well, wait, but I do have the privilege of being the gender I signed at birth, I identify with. Oh, cisgender, that is a privilege. Oh, I'm heterosexual. That's a privilege. Because I want to center sometimes on the fact that I have these oppressions being a black woman, that it's hard to recognize the privilege. So it requires a lot of soul searching. It requires a lot of internal work to recognize small privileges. I heard someone once do a, a, a story about privilege, and she talked about things like thin privilege and pretty privilege and 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 stuff that you know like we don't want to admit to um you know you know especially in the black community colorism so there's light skin privilege and things that we sometimes will be like oh i don't want to say anything about that one because it's uncomfortable privilege is very very uncomfortable and we have to admit that i didn't do anything to earn this privilege it's just I am and and society has decided there's a privilege for the things that I am. But I admittedly I benefit from those things. Um, and sometimes we just need a win. So sometimes we're like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, also, sometimes we align too much with the, the struggle that we don't want to admit that there are some privileges. So it's like, wait, if I admit that I have a couple of little privileges here, does that not then uh, does that negate the fact that I'm in the struggle? And no, I can have privilege and I can be oppressed at the same time, right? So it's just in this area, no, I'm not experiencing the level of, oppre of oppression that a person who is in the LGBTQ plus community is experiencing because I have heterosexual privilege. The next thing is to educate yourself on the issues, right? So I know as a cisgender woman that people who are have, who are part of the LGBTQ community uh, experience oppression. And so now I'm saying I'm going to give my platform to that community for the next two episodes. So that's, but then what is the issues that they're experiencing? If I don't have the education, if I don't have the statistics, if I don't have the research, then I'm giving space, but I'm not really, really sure what I'm giving space to. So you have to educate yourself. And um, one of the things I talk about often is that the marginalized community is too tired to bear the burden of the oppression and to educate the privilege. That is not their job. Um, and oftentimes what will happen is because it's too much to bear, you won't get the information that you need. So, you know, of course you tout yourself as an ally, you walk up and you say, I wanna be an ally, tell me what I need to know. You need to know so much, I can't tell you what you need to know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the, the amount of information that I have the energy to give you 
which will not be the amount of information that you need to be a true ally. Educate yourself. Oftentimes when I say educate yourself, people always say, how do I do that? And I laugh and I say, there's this little thing. I don't know if you have one. It's kind of shaped like a rectangle. Um, I have one in my purse. You might have one in your pocket. If you put in there all the information you want to know, LGBTQ plus ally, how to become one, it'll give you an information. I'm talking about your phone. So we carry around a device that gives us unlimited access to information. There are podcasts like mine, but there are tons of podcasts on these issues. There's lots of YouTube videos. Educate yourself. Now, again, you can be old school like me. There are lots of books also written about this subject. Go and read one. Don't put the burden on the person who is having the marginalized experience to also educate you to help you be prepared to be an ally. So the soul searching that you're doing is first of all, like I know I have these privileges, but also where are my blind spots? Where are my biases? Where are there areas that I need to educate myself more on so that I can be a better ally? Do the work on your own and then realize the work is constant. So it's not gonna be, I read a book, I'm an ally. It's gonna be, I read a book and then I read another one, then I listen to a podcast, then I watch some YouTube videos, then I join some groups and I read some more books and I learned some more information. It's an ongoing, ongoing, ongoing process. And so it uh, requires a lot of intention and it requires a lot of personal commitment because there are gonna be times when becoming an ally makes you feel exhausted. Do it anyway. Like don't stop because it makes you exhausted. If you are tired of being an ally, I want you to think to yourself, what must the person who is experiencing oppression feeling, right? I'm exhausted reading about the statistics. What must a person who is experiencing this feeling? And then when you find the information, you have to think about it critically. So like I said earlier, when you see something like 70% of youth who identify as trans or experiencing depression and anxiety, on the surface, without any type of critical thought, you could make it something that it's not. You could not think about the system that they're operating in and how that impacts them. You could think it might be a personal issue. It is not. If that is one of your thoughts, I want you to rethink it. I want you to recognize the burden that society places on a person when they are not what we consider normal and uh, they do anything that is outside of what society has deemed acceptable, that's an unfair burden placed on them that creates a unique set of conditions that would make you feel or begin to experience anxiety and depression. So educate yourself. And when you think you've done educating yourself, educate yourself some more. The next thing you have to do is take action. You have to do something. So knowing that I have privilege and knowing that there is a problem is not enough. I have to take action and I have to take action in the group that I have the privileges in. So taking action by talking to people who, who already understand the struggle is a great, no, no, I'm gonna use the word great very loosely. First step, talking to people who don't understand the struggle and getting them to understand the struggle. 
and then getting them con connected to people who are experiencing the oppression and then getting them to understand how to use their privilege to help end this oppression. That's the real work, right? I have the privilege because of, I said earlier, I'm cisgendered heterosexual, which means I know a lot of other cisgendered heterosexual people. That's who I need to be talking about or talking to about the issues. I don't need to talk to LGBTQ plus people about the issues. They know the issues already. Now, as a mentor or professional, I need to know the issues so that I can help them navigate the systems. But I also need to be a disruptor. I need to change these systems, right? Um, when we use the word ally, again, it's like I'm aligning myself with your struggle as if I understand your struggle, but not to pretend I am experiencing your struggle. So I have the energy because I'm not having the experience you're having to fight the fight. And being an ally is not easy, but it's so necessary if we're going to make the societal changes to give people the space and the freedom and the comfort so that we don't just have a pride month and it's not just, you know, uh, performative, but it's the reality that we celebrate diversity in this country. It's so important that we give space to people so that they don't have to experience mental health issues solely because of their identity. To me, that's that's really sad that we say, you know, your identity is the preceptor to your mental health issue. And we accept that. We have to change that. We have to become social disruptors and we have to say no more, all right? So when you're thinking about being an ally, I want you to ask yourself three questions. One, what privileges do I have? And I don't want you to ask it really quickly and answer it really quickly. I want you to do a little soul searching. I want you to think about everything that you have that's a privilege, right? Financial, socioeconomic, uh, education, your sexuality, your race, anything that you have that's a privilege. But then think outside of the box. Like I said earlier, thin privilege. So body image, you know, you have certain privileges. Um, attractiveness privilege. Anything I have that is a privilege, how can I use that to help someone else who's in a marginalized uh, community. When you're in a room and you're in a room and you don't see the diversity, ask yourself, how can I use my privilege to create space for people who should be in this room? What do I need to ex educate myself on? That's the second question you ask yourself. Okay, so I know a lot about this. What don't I know a lot about? And we have Google, but whenever we Google something, we want to use, a, a, as I said, a critical lens so that we don't take what we see on Google or whatever we um, platform we use. We don't take that as uh, the definitive answer. We find multiple sources. Generally where sources uh, overlap or where sources, sources agree, there is truth. After you've done the education, if you have someone and you must be very clear that that person has said, ask me anything, um, then feel free to ask them from an educated standpoint, to confirm what you already have hypothesized might be true. But don't come to them with no information saying, hey, teach me everything I need to know. They're having the experience and they're tired. They don't need to bear the burden of giving you your education. And the last thing you, and the most important thing is, okay, now that I know what I know, what am I gonna do about it? How do I take action with the information that I have, okay? 
And so we're going to be better allies. And we're not doing this for just a month. This is for a lifetime. And we're going to recognize that we as a society are the members of society. And as individuals, if we change, society changes. And so through being an ally, we're going to make space for people so that they don't experience mental health issues solely because of their identity. All right, what are my takeaways? I have 10, so I'm going to kind of read them to you. Listen, listen to the people who are marginalized. If they're saying there's a problem, there's a problem. Nobody's making this stuff up. Listen, listen to understand, listen to hear, listen to validate, listen to affirm. So when you're listening, you're not listening just to hear. You have some, some, some work to do. So active listening. Understand that ally is a verb. I have to make action to be an ally. It's not a noun. It's not a title. I don't get to put a like, label on my shirt and say, walk around and say, I'm an ally. I have to do something. And so I always offer the opportunity to change the language. And so instead of calling yourself an ally, you can say, I am operating in solidarity with this group. Then that acknowledges that at this moment, I am doing something that is operating in alignment with the group that I have chosen. And at any moment that I no longer am operating in solidarity, then I have moved and I'm no longer con consider myself an ally. So it's that constant ongoing action. It is not an identity, like I said earlier. So you don't get to go around and put that, you know, by your bio, you know, you don't get to say I'm an educator and an ally. An ally is not an identity. You don't get to crown yourself an ally. Actually, you don't even want to ever call yourself an ally. And so when you're working and trying to do things in alignment with somebody, it's not for the title. It's not for the glory. There are no days off. You don't get to get tired of being an ally when you see social injustice in action. You must, must, must speak up, speak out, step back, then give the floor to others who are actually part of the group. You must educate, educate, educate yourself, and then educate yourself some more. These issues are not stagnant. They're ever-changing and growing, and our knowledge on these issues are growing. So you must learn as much as you can and then learn some more. You have to get involved and you have to do something. Depending on the day, the time, your ability, your availability, that may change. So, but you must always do something. Step back. Once you have gotten the space, step back. Never, never, never try to be the center of attention. Focus on the others. This is not about you. And I know I've said that probably four different ways by now, but I have to drive that point home. This is not about you. This is about the group that you are aligning with. So focus on them, put the spotlight on them. This one's gonna sound a little unique and you're probably gonna be like, what? Make mistakes. When you're becoming an ally, if you're doing it right, you're gonna do it wrong for one or two times. That's because you're so eager to do something that you might make a mistake. And when you make a mistake, it's okay, because that means you were doing something. Listen, apologize, accept accountability, and change. So once you made the mistake, never do it again. But keep doing the work and be excited about it. 
and then seek support from other allies. Because like I said, it's no days off. It can get exhausting, but we can't get exhausted and not change. So, but seek your support from other allies. Please, 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 whatever you do, don't go to the marginalized group, calling yourself an ally and asking them to give you support because you're so tired of doing the work. Remember that if they are experiencing the oppression, what they must feel. And if you're tired of just trying to help uh, change the oppressed, you have no idea what tired is. Right. So that is all my takeaways for today. Hopefully you'll go forward with the idea that you're going to operate in solidarity with others who are marginalized. Please stay tuned for next week's episode as well, because we're going to give the platform to um, the LGBTQ plus community one more time for the month of June, not one more time for the, the month of, for the podcast, one more time for the month of June so that we can definitely show that we are operating in solidarity with. As I said before, please, please, please subscribe so that you don't miss episode number two. Um, please like us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at therapygys, and feel free to email me anytime, therapygys at gmail.com. That's it for today. Please go forth bringing love and light to all you encounter. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.